Thank you, uh, Elaine. I want to give honor to God and Andrew in his absence, the choir, Kate Minor, and whole Monger staff, and all of you saints of God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today, amen? Uh, I won't be with you long, uh, but I'm going to be talking from the book of Romans, chapter 12, 1 and 2, and then 9 and 21. But I'll only read 1 and 2, and you can read 9 and 21 at your leisure because of the time. First, let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord. And Father, it's always a blessing when you're able to glorify your name. And Father, I ask you to bless each and every one here on the sound of my voice. Bless them from the crown of their head unto the sole of their feet, Lord. Oh, Heavenly Father, we could do nothing without you, Lord. Father, this day and time, Lord, we need you more than ever, Lord. Our children, our husbands, our wives, our family needs you, Lord. So, Father, we ask you, Lord to help us along the way. And as for myself, Lord, I ask you to just hide me behind your holy cross, word my mouth that you see fit, and may the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. And now I want to go, amen, I'm sorry. Uh, now I want to go to Romans chapter 12, reading the first verse. And it reads as this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Amen. I want to talk to you from the subject, Christianity and practice. True Christianity service, true Christian service and living should be brought out in this message. The life that is most like Jesus when we talk about Christianity and practice. We are talking about the life that represents the true will of God. When I talk about the walk, I'm talking about the conduct of manner of the life of a child of God. We want to see service and practice. St. Paul said that what we are preaching, we need to put in practice. He said our salvation should be manifested by our service. It's easy to talk religion, but it's another thing in doing it. It's easy to say Oh, how I love Jesus. But it's another thing when you start showing it by your deeds. That's Christianity in practice. The first thing we should get in our minds is that true Christian service requires sacrifice. True Christian living really must begin with a personal dedication to the Lord. You must be a Christian before you can do Christian living. And you cannot be a Christian until you have been born again. And you have to be born of the Spirit of God. And you cannot be born of the Spirit of God 
until you accept the gift of God. And the gift of God is Jesus Christ himself. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We are not saved by good things, anything that we can do, anything that we do. We can go to missions. We can feed the hungry. We can do everything that is good. Not saying that it's not good to be good, but it's good to be good. But you can't enter in the kingdom just with goodness. You have to have a personal relationship with our Lord and Savior. It's Christianity and practice. Not only do Christian service require sacrifice, but it calls for surrender. We need to surrender all to the Lord. The truth is, you can be blessed and have sweet rest as you give to him your body, mind, and soul. Paul say, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, unto which is God, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable service can be translated as spiritual worship. I want us to see that it takes self-dedication. Paul said, I beseech you. He's not commanding, but he's letting us know that what we do for the Lord must be motivated by love. This is a plea to all Christians, but it is by the mercy of God. I want us all to be reminded that his mercy are keeping us alive, even right now. We are saved by grace, but God's mercy spared us. And it was his mercy that held back judgment. But present your bodies a living sacrifice. Israel is familiar with sacrifice. They sacrifice animals. And Jesus himself, the Messiah, sacrificed his life for the world. But like the animals, Jesus also died. But he rose again with all power in his hand. I remember him saying, them saying that in his hand. I don't remember him saying hands with an S. You can imagine one man with so much power that all he have to do is wave his hand and there's night. Wave it again and there's daylight. A man with all power in his hand. We hear people say all the time, Christ, for Christ I'll die. But Christ is just asking, is there someone that will live? for me. It's all right to, to have the faith to die for Christ, but Christ is saying that I need a fleshly body on this earth to carry out my word, to prophesy, to fulfill the word of God. But he said, I'm spirit now. I can't come, but when I come, I'm coming in the flesh. And when I get here, it's too late, too late to practice. So we need to begin to put Christianity in practice. Our life ought to be holy and acceptable unto God. That is our reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. Do not live according to the styles or the manner or the fashions of this world. Don't let the world form us and put us in its mold. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. We need to have a mind 
that has been transformed. I want to say that any conformed believer or conformed church to, this, to the ways of this world will never transform this world. We cannot keep running around with unbelievers and act the same way they act and expect them to accept the Christ that we know. But don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you can't be around people that don't know God. But I'm saying that if you hang out with them all the time, every day, you're doing what they're doing. And they will never come to Christ like that. But I want to tell you something. You can take a Christian and you put him in the chair, stand up in the chair or him, and take an unbeliever, put him on the ground. And I bet you it's easier for that unbeliever to pull you down from that chair than you pull them up. And that's what I'm talking about. When you hang out too much with them, you overhear them, and then you start hanging around, and after a while you overhear and then you overhear and after a while the pleasures of the world have made you fall away from the church. You used to go every Sunday, but now you change to every other Sunday, and it will keep on and keep on going towards the world. We need, as, as Christians, we need to show some difference. That's Christianity in practice. If someone comes to you and says, I remember when you used to, then you know there was a change. Somebody sees something different in your life. <clears throat> Our relationship with the church body must be right as we walk with Jesus. Every believer has his own spiritual gift. I mean, on spiritual service that he or she is to perform. Paul said, through the grace given unto me and to every man that is among you should not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt every man a measure of faith. God has given each of us a certain blessing, and he expects us to put it in practice, what he has given us through his amazing grace. Paul is saying that God has given every believer a gift or else gifts. You may have only one, but you have one. Some may have more than others. But the gifts that are given are to be used to edify the body and for the glory of God. We all have a responsibility to God in some way. We, we often excuse ourselves saying, I, I'm not a preacher. I'm not in the choir. I'm not on the usher board. I don't matter. But I want to tell you that as a Christian, you do matter. And God has given you a gift for his glory. We should never refuse to use the gift God has given us. Talking to myself, Paul said, for me, for we as many members in one body, but all members of the body have not the same office. So as Christians, we are many in the body of Christ Jesus. Just as your physical body needs every member that is of the body, and as Christian sisters and brothers, we need each other to make up the body of Christ and also the family of God. We must put Christianity in practice and love one another. Paul is saying, let us be without dissimulation, meaning without pretense. You ought to really mean it when you say, I love you. you ought, it ought not to be just a slang or a fake word, or just something you talk about, but something you do. You ought to show love. Love should be honest, and love should lead to kindness, 
and it also should lead to humility. We do not have to let what's going on on the outside affect what's in the inside. That's Christianity in practice. We have a lot of Christians that complain. But if you have God as your father, you ought to have a cheerful spirit. You ought to rejoice because we have hope. That's blessed hope. We ought to be patient. We are going to have trials and tribulations. But I want to say that when I began to study the word of God and visit churches, and I heard that God was so big, he said he's so tall you can't go over him. He's so low you can't go under him. He's so wide and you can't go around him. So if you can't go under him, you can't go over, you can't go around him, we got to have patience and wait till God move. We have to have patience. And as Christians, we need patience. But, by the wait up, but, but they that wait up on the Lord shall renew their strength and shall mount up with wings as eagles and shall run and not be weary, weary and shall walk and not faint. That's Christianity in practice. But as a saint of God, not only should we love our fellow man, but we ought to learn how to share with each other. Some of us think about only ourselves or what we can gain and what we can hold on to. We need to learn to share what we have. We ought to have actions against evil forces. But what kind of actions we ought to have? We should bless them which prosecute us and curse not. You see, Satan knows how to curse. Don't be an advocate for the devil. Because if you sound like a devil, people will get confused as who you are. You're worshiping right now, and then when you walk out the door, you're cursing. Then people is confused about, are you a Christian or are you out in the world? Don't let the devil control our lives. You know that old saying about if you walk like a duck and if you quack like a duck, pretty soon... Somebody going to think you're a duck. <laughs> Satan knows how to render evil for evil. But the Bible said, do not do evil for evil. God said, vengeance is here. Well, well just lay back and let God fight your battle. Because, you know, if, who, if God is for you, who can be against you? Just lay back. God will take care of it. We need to know how to bless those who curse us. It confuses the devil when you, bless, when you start blessing after he has cursed you. The Bible said it, 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 it's just like uh, uh, heaping hot coals on his head. Not literally hot coals, but he's saying that it makes him shame. Anytime somebody do us harm and we still treat them with love and kindness, that makes them shame because they wonder why. I was, just, I was so horrible to this person, but she still, or he still, treat me with kindness and love. But if you really have been born again, I want, to know, I want you to know that sweet water don't come from a bitter fountain. And bitter water don't come from a sweet fountain. We ought to rejoice with them that rejoice and weep with them that weep. And we ought to be of the same mind one towards another. If we are Christians, we need to put in practice all things that are honest in the sight of man. That's Christianity in practice. Uh, I, 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 that's the, last, the first time I started off, I said something about, uh, oh, how we love Jesus. We all sung that song before, oh, how we love Jesus. But I want to say that when, on Sunday, after you get through singing that song, and on Monday when you get up and you find 
out that your, your bills is higher than your bank account. You find out that you're headed for a divorce. You find out that your children is not doing exactly what they should do. You find out your neighbor is not right. But I want to say to you, you want to go to the east and there's trouble there. You go to the west, there's trouble there. You go to the north and there's trouble. To the south, there's trouble. And all that myth, are you going to still sing, oh, how I love Jesus? Or are you going to curse like the devil? I want to say something to you right quick before I take my seat. Back in 1980, I had a girlfriend, and I told her, I say, I love you so much, I'll die for you. In 1986, January the 3rd, between 2.30 and 3 o'clock, I got shot in the chest with a 357 Magnum. And it was because of her. But I believe God tested me. I told that girl that I would die for her. I didn't mean that. But back then, if I was putting, back then, if, if I was putting Christianity in practice, I never would have told that lie. See the difference. If we put it into practice, we can go forward. We have to, because see, when we get saved, we not, Christianity, it just don't fall in our lap. We got to practice on that. And then I got one more thing to say, and then I'm going to take my seat. I was, uh, some years ago, my grandson was over my house. Uh, he was about eight years old, eight or nine, and uh, he asked for a drink of water. And I told him, okay. So I was going to go get it for him. But uh, he said he could get it. So I said, okay. So I sat there and waited on him. It took me a long time to come out of the kitchen. And before I get to this farm, I'm going to tell you something. The devil will use anybody he can. The devil will use your children. He will use your pet, your husband, your grandparents, your every, anybody he can. And this is what he did to my grandson. When my grandson come out of the kitchen, I knew that he had been in more than just water. And today, he's about 19 years old, fixing to be 20. I never said a word to him. But I know that he was in the cookies. And you know how I know he was in the cookies? Because I've seen the crumbs on his mouth. And I have said nothing. So I said this. I said that to say this. As Christians, when we talk to people, be careful what you say. Because somebody might see the crumbs on your mouth. Amen? Thank you.